today we will explore chapter 2 of the gita before we do so it is necessary for me to pay my deepest respects and my humble prayers to all those learned pandits and gurus who have extolled the virtues and teachings of the gita gita is no ordinary scripture that is to be seen as the teachings of krishna to arjuna in a war field it is also not a scripture that is the condensation of the upanishads laying the foundations and practices for achieving enlightenment i am sure many of us have heard the likening of the vedas to the cow and the upanishads to the milk and the gita to the nutrients present in the milk it is a scripture that needs to be explored analyzed and understood since its teachings are applicable to the mundane life family as well as social business as well as governance it may be of interest or even known to many that gita is extensively studied in the west developed nations of the west use gita as the source for teaching and training their thinkers in strategy and diplomacy not in spirituality alone many a management gurus also base their teachings on the gita it is from this perspective that i have also embarked upon this humble effort to understand it from the perspectives of life personal as well as social in this session we'll explore chapter 2 at the outset it is important for us to understand that chapter 2 is not just another chapter of the gita in one sentence it is the gita if gita itself is considered as the nutrients in the milk called upanishads chapter 2 is the micronutrient that makes a nutrient nutritional all the other yoga that krishna elaborates in other chapters are condensed into chapter 2 should one make the effort to analyze and understand chapter 2 he may not need to venture any more into the gita itself his life be it in any dimension will stand fulfilled it is in my opinion necessary to dwell deep into chapter 2 for our own betterment hence many of the future sessions will be devoted to the exploration of this chapter alone let us now look at the verses of uh, chapter 2 we'll uh, start with what krishna said in the second shloka of chapter 2 he says how has this dejection come to you at this juncture this is not fit for a person of noble mind and deeds it is disgraceful it does not lead one to heaven arjuna do not become a coward because it does not befit you shake off this trivial weaknesses of your heart and get up and go for the battle hearing this arjuna says in shloka 4 how shall i strike my grandfather my guru and all other relatives who are worthy of my respect with arrows in this battle it would be better indeed to live on arms in this world than to slay these noble personalities because by killing them i would enjoy wealth and pleasure stained with their blood we do not know which 
alternative to fight or to quit is better for us we do not know whether we shall conquer them or they will conquer us we should not even wish to live after killing them because our own kith and brothers kith and kin and brothers are standing in front of us he goes on to further say that my senses are overcome by the weaknesses of pity and my mind is confused about duty that is dharma please tell me what is better for i am your disciple and i take refuge in you i do not perceive that gaining an unrivaled and prosperous kingdom on this earth or even lordship over all the celestial worlds will remove the sorrow that is drying up my senses for relating these verses with life i suggest we take uh, verse 2 i mean rather verse 3 a little later we will also take up the seventh verse further later let us look at arjuna's statements in the four shlokas or verses that he spoke arjuna continues to express his state of mind which he expressed in the first chapter we talked about uh, the concept of purpose and proportionality in the earlier sessions here he continues to indulge in those fretterings of his mind far neither he is clear about his purpose nor the proportion of efforts that needs to be taken it is only when eventually in shloka 8 that he says that no gain shall remove the sorrow which is drying up my senses that arjuna realizes the meaning of what krishna said in shloka 3 in shloka 3 krishna said shake off this trivial weakness of your heart and get up and fight if we recall the great poet of india rabindranath tagore in his gitanjali put this advice in as many words where the mind is without fear and the head is held high where knowledge is free where the world has not been broken up into fragments by narrow domestic walls where words come out from the depth of truth where tireless striving stretches its arms towards perfection where the clear stream of reason has not lost its way into the dreary desert sand of dead habit where the mind is led forward by thee into ever widening thought and action into that heaven of freedom my father let my country awake we must actually repeat the last but one line or rather the last but third line of gitanjali where the clear stream of reason has not lost its way into the dreary desert sand of dead habit and where the mind is led forward by the krishna into ever widening thought and action into that heaven of freedom let my country awake or let me awake and then suddenly when the crux of what krishna said shake off this trivial witness uh, weakness and get up then arjuna knows what he has to do like tagore said where the mind is led forward by thee into ever widening thought and action arjuna says 
my senses are overcome by weakness of pity and my mind is confused about duty tell me what is better for me i am your disciple and i take refuge in you that is in shloka 7 these are two concepts that in these eight shlokas that arjuna and krishna bring out like how they did in the first chapter the first concept that they bring out is the concept of indecisiveness being indecisive is also a concept which needs to be explored by each and every one of us the second concept is the concept of trust many of us would have read the story of uh, dunkirk in world war 2 when rapidly advancing germans boxed in some 400000 british troops in the coast of dunkirk for mysterious reasons suddenly the german advance stopped because they became indecisive their indecision and delay allowed the british to evacuate nearly the whole force at dunkirk the end result of the war was foretold at dunkirk this concept of indecisiveness requires a little further explanation in uh, latin there is a saying a proverb nihil sine rationa nothing is without a reason or rather we can say nothing happens without a sufficient reason or cause for each event there is another parallel event that is what neuter also said which precedes it and explains why the previous event had to happen that is why in latin again we say ex nihilo i'm sorry ex nihili lo nihil fit nothing comes out of nothing i'm sorry about my latin pronunciation but i'm sure we must have heard of the tale of the buridans as you know a donkey buridans donkey it carried on up a ro- road when it reached a fork the road went to the left as well as to the right now the donkey did not know which way to proceed so it sat at the junction and kept wondering whether he should take the left branch or the right branch of the road and for eternity he was there just being indecisive because he just did not know which way to go and therefore he never reached his master's house in bhakti and spiritual dimension also this indecision is what makes us wait we do not know which path to take which road to travel which guru or concept to seek and this indecision keeps us wherever we are and we progress no further many times in our professional lives also we come across situations where either we ourselves or our bosses for that matter do not take a decision they don't tell you whether to go ahead or whether to stop whether to do it this way or whether to do it that way they leave it on you and you remain indecisive and in the process either you do something which is not required to be done or you end up not doing what is required to be done 
either way the objective for which that action was supposed to be taken remains unfulfilled and therefore you get a tag that you are an indecisive man and you pass on the blame to your boss or to your subordinate saying that because of them you did not this concept of indecision therefore is an important concept that we need to uh, sit back think about and explore in our own lives because in our personal and professional and social life there are many situations where we could have done better but we did not because we simply did not know what to do and that is exactly what arjuna's position in uh, this battlefield is because he does not know whether he should go ahead and kill his relatives who are arranged against him or he should just sacrifice his own life and let them win that is why he says in shloka 7 that my mind is confused about my duty my dharma and then he says what is required to be said he says tell me what is better for i am your disciple and i take refuge in you this particular statement that arjuna makes that he takes refuge in krishna actually takes us to the second concept the concept of trust many a times in life we also stand if not equally perhaps more as confused as arjuna is at this particular juncture but there is a slight difference between arjuna and us in this instance of the mahabharata war arjuna even though confused even though trembling even though afraid to join the battle knows very clearly that there is only one solace for him there is only one refuge for him that is krishna and he must place his trust on him and take his advice and act upon his advice he says i surrender i take refuge in you i am your disciple tell me what is better for me this is what we don't do in our own lives when we are confused when we are indecisive we are not sure also to whom to ask because we have not learned to trust this concept of trust is something which needs to be explored reconsidered and studied by us so that we can overcome our indecisiveness by seeking the correct guidance and acting upon that guidance achieve our goals this is something which we will talk about in the next session thank you